Section 20 of Mark Twain in the New York Times, Part 1, 1867 to 1879. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mark Twain in the New York Times, Part 1, Section 20. January 13, 1877. Unsigned book review for Tom Sawyer. Read by John Greenman. Unsigned book review for Tom Sawyer. Shades of the Venerable Mr. Day of the instructive Mrs. Barbold, of the persuasive Miss Edgeworth. Had you the power of sitting today beside the reviewer's desk, and were called upon to pass judgment on the books written and printed for the boys and girls of today, would you not have groaned and moaned over their perusal? If such superlatively good children as Harry and Lucy could have existed, or even such nondescript prigs as Sanford and Merton had abnormal being, this other question presents itself to our mind. How would these precious children have enjoyed Mark Twain's Tom Sawyer? In all books written for the amusement of children, there are two distinct phases of appreciation. What the parent thinks of the book is one thing, what the child thinks of it is another. It is fortunate when both parent and child agree in their conclusions. Such double appreciation may, in most instances, simply be one in regard to the fitness of the book on the part of the parent. A course of reading entirely devoted to juvenile works must be to an adult a tax on time and patience. It is only once in many years that such a charming book as Little Alice in Wonderland is produced which old and young could read with thorough enjoyment. If thirty years ago Tom Sawyer had been placed in a careful father's hands to read, the probabilities would have been that he would have hesitated before giving the book to his boy. Not that Mr. Clemens' book is exceptional in character, or differs in the least, save in its cleverness, from a host of similar books on like topics which are universally read by children today. It is the judgment of the book-givers which has undoubtedly undergone a change, while youthful minds, being free from warp, twist, or dogma, have remained ever the same. Returning, then, to these purely intellectual monstrosities, mostly the pen and ink offspring of authors and authoresses who never had any real flesh-and-blood creations of their own, there can be no doubt that had Sanford or Merton ever for a single moment dipped inside of Tom Sawyer's pages, astronomy and physics, with all the musty old farrago of Greek and Latin history, would have been thrown to the dogs. Despite tasseled caps, starched collars, and all the proprieties, these children would have laughed uproariously over Tom Sawyer's cat and the painkiller and certain new ideas might have had birth in their brains. Perhaps had these children actually lived in our times, Sanford might have been a western steamboat captain, or Merton a filibuster. Tom Sawyer is likely to inculcate the idea that there are certain lofty aspirations which Plutarch never ascribed to his more prosaic heroes. Books for children in former bygone periods were mostly constructed in one monotonous key. A child was supposed to be a vessel which was to be constantly filled up. 
facts and morals had to be taken like bitter draughts or acrid pills in order that they should be absorbed like medicines it was perhaps a kindly thinker who disguised these facts and morals the real education swallowed in those doses by the children we are inclined to think was in small proportion to the quantity administered was it not good old peter parley who in this country first broke loose from conventional trammels and made american children truly happy we have certainly gone far beyond mr goodrich's manner there has come an amount of ugly realism into children's story-books the advantages of which we are very much in doubt about now it is perfectly true that many boys do not adopt drawing-room manners perhaps it is better that little paragons pocket crichtons are so rare still courage frankness truthfulness and self-reliance are to be inculcated in our lads since association is everything it is not desirable that in real life we should familiarize our children with those of their age who are lawless or daredevils granting that the natural is the true and the true is the best and that we may describe things as they are for adult readers it is proper that we should discriminate a great deal more as to the choice of subjects in books intended for children to-day a majority of the heroes in such books have longings to be pirates want to run away with vessels and millions of our american boys read and delight in such stories in olden times the pirate's own book with its death's head and crossbones on the back had no concealment about it it is true edition after edition was sold there it was you saw it palpably there was no disguise about it if a father or mother objected to their child's reading the pirate's own book a pair of tongs and a convenient fireplace ended the whole matter Today the trouble is that there is a decidedly sanguinary tendency in juvenile books no matter how innocent quiet or tame may be the title of a child's book there is no guarantee that the volume your curly-headed little boy may be devouring may not contain a series of adventures recalling captain kidd's horrors in the short preface of tom sawyer mr clemens writes although my book is intended mainly for the entertainment of boys and girls i hope it will not be shunned by men and women on that account we have before expressed the idea that a truly clever child's book is one in which both the man and the boy can find pleasure no child's book can be perfectly acceptable otherwise is tom sawyer amusing it is incomparably so it is the story of a western boy born and bred on the banks of one of the big rivers and there is exactly that wild village life which has schooled many a man to self-reliance and energy mr clemens has a remarkable memory for those peculiarities of american boy talk which the grown man may have forgotten but which return to him not unpleasantly when once the proper key is sounded there is one scene of a quarrel with a dialogue between tom and a city boy which is perfect of its kind 
certain chapters in tom's life where his love for the schoolgirls is told make us believe that for an urchin who had just lost his milk teeth the affections out west have an awakening even earlier than in oriental climes in fact tom is a preternaturally precocious urchin one admirable character in the book and touched with the hand of a master is that of huckleberry finn there is a reality about this boy which is striking an honest old aunt who adores her scapegrace nephew is a homely picture worked with exceeding grace mr clemens must have had just such a lovable old aunt an ugly murder in the book over minutely described and too fully illustrated which tom and huck see of course in a graveyard leads somehow or other to the discovery of a cave in which treasures are concealed and to which tom and huck fall heirs there is no cant about mr clemens a description of a sunday school in tom sawyer is true to the letter matters are not told as they are fancied to be but as they actually are if mr clemens has been wanting in continuity in his longer sketches and that sustained inventive power necessary in dovetailing incidents tom as a story though slightly disjointed has this defect less apparent as a humorist mr clemens has a great deal of fun in him of the true american kind which crops out all over the book mr clemens has an audience both here and in england and doubtless his friends across the water will re-echo the hearty laughs which the reading of tom sawyer will cause on this side of the world we are rather inclined to treat books intended for boys and girls written by men of accredited talent and reputation in a serious manner early impressions are the lasting ones it is exactly such a clever book as tom sawyer which is sure to leave its stamp on younger minds we like then the true boyish fun of tom and huck and have a foible for the mischief these children engage in we have not the least objection that rough boys be the heroes of a story-book restless spirits of energy only require judicious training in order to bring them into proper use in the books to be placed into children's hands for purposes of recreation we have a preference for those of a milder type than tom sawyer excitements derived from reading should be administered with a certain degree of circumspection a sprinkling of salt in mental food is both natural and wholesome any cravings for the contents of the castors the cayenne and the mustard by children should not be gratified with less then of injun joe and revenge and slitting women's ears and the shadow of the gallows which throws an unnecessarily sinister tinge over the story if the book really is intended for boys and girls we should have liked tom sawyer better end of section twenty january thirteenth eighteen seventy seven unsigned book review for tom sawyer read by john greenman